0: Welcome to God in the Ordinary, a podcast featuring special guests talking about how they reveal God during the ordinary rhythm of their daily life. Presented by author and speaker Sharon Tedford. My guest today sees the surprising role God called her into as a sacred privilege. As it unfolded, she saw God reveal himself to her and found new ways of revealing God to others she'd known her whole life. My guest, author, speaker, and caregiver, Candy Arrington. I'm glad for you all to meet my friend Candy. Say hello to everyone, Candy, and tell us where you are, please. Hi, this is Candy Arrington, and I am in South Carolina in the USA. And you will soon pick that up from her absolutely gorgeous accent. I would love Candy to read me a bedtime story because it's lovely. <laughs> Candy, as you well know, uh, because you've listened to our show, we love to have our guests write us a reflection on Isaiah 61 to do with what we're going to talk about today. Have you written one, and would you please read it for us?
1: Yes, I have. Isaiah 61 6 the voice translation says you will be known as the one specially chosen by the eternal as priest people will speak of you as ministers of God many times people run from serving as a caregiver for the aging they put on blinders to needs and move forward with their lives but caregiving is a sacred privilege an opportunity to act as the hands and feet of Jesus to those who can no longer navigate the everyday challenges of life. To be honest, initially I ran from caregiving when I saw my mother declining. My children were still at home and I was a busy real estate broker and developer. I knew caring for my mother would complicate my life, but the day came when I could no longer ignore her need. Caring for my mother was a three-year endeavor that involved numerous falls, trips to the ER, surgeries, and physical therapy rehab stays. Near the end of her life, vascular dementia robbed my mother of her mind. Hallucinations tormented her, and I could no longer care for her alone. Her death brought sweet release. Caregiving is nitty-gritty. You will do things you never imagined you'd do. But one day, as I emptied her bedside commode, God whispered, she changed your diapers. That day, I realized providing care is ministry. Caregiving goes beyond chauffeuring, grocery shopping, and medication management. Caregiving is also an opportunity to calm fears, lighten a load of worry, provide a listening ear, and be a companion. 10 years after my mother's death, her never-married, independent, strong-willed sister needed my help. Emotionally, this caregiving journey was bumpier My aunt was grateful, but giving up her independence was hard, and I was often the target of her frustration. Again, God reminded me, I was giving back to one who had graciously given to me my whole life. If you are serving as a caregiver, remember, your sacrifice honors God and blesses the one for whom you provide care. Caregiving is only for a season, so embrace the task before you as ministry.
0: Thank you for sharing that, Candy. That was really interesting to hear. I've never heard that version, the voice, before. I'm going to go and read that. So, Candy, we're talking today about caring for older relatives, and it's not really something that's talked about very much. What was it that finally persuaded you that God was calling you into that? How did God reveal that to you? Was it a specific moment in time?
1: Well, I got my feet wet in caregiving uh, with my father. Unfortunately, he only lived about five months after a cancer diagnosis, and my mother was helping, so I was not fully involved in his care. So that occurred, and then I realized that my mother was declining. It was a number of years later, and it just became obvious that she could no longer take care of herself. And so slowly, it became a daily trip to her house to help her with uh, bathing and that type thing. Prior to that, I had been taking her everywhere that she needed to go because she suddenly stopped driving. And I remember thinking that that was strange, but later she told me that someone had road raged her because she failed to turn right on a red light. And the man pulled in front of her, got out of the car, and as she said, cursed her. And so, That was very frightening for her. And so she just stopped driving. Um, And of course, that changed my life, because anytime she needed to go somewhere, I was the one to take her. So it was gradual, the leap into caregiving. But it was something that I had ignored for a good while. I had seen her declining. And yet, I had put on blinders and just kept going, because I knew it would complicate my life.
0: Yeah, why do you think we put on blinders? I, I think I've done that too. Why do we do that to ourselves when we can see what's coming down the road? What is it that stops us from facing the truth, do you think?
1: I think part of it is the change that you know is going to come if you step in to do something like caregiving. You know, often we feel like our lives are already so complicated that if I take this on um, and this person, either a family member or someone else, becomes dependent on me, then it's really going to change
0: how my life works. That's true. So often we don't feel trained for this role, and most of us are not trained for that role at all. So do you think sometimes carers perhaps feel maybe alone or helpless? What kind of pain is frequently experienced in this caring function?
1: You definitely feel alone unless you... Um, have someone to talk to who is also traveling the path. And um, that was my experience to some extent. I had a few friends who had either cared for their parents or were in the process of it. So it's nice to have someone to talk to, but often you don't. And many times uh, you're so exhausted at the end of the day that you really don't want to talk to anybody. You just want to be quiet and still. And so I think we self-isolate, even though we don't realize that we're doing that when you're serving as a caregiver. I can remember just coming home and sitting on the sofa and not wanting to talk
0: to my husband or anyone else because I was just overwhelmed. Can you look back on that time and pinpoint what it was that exhausted you? Uh,
1: With my mother, she had a high level of fear and anxiety. And so I spent a lot of time during the day encouraging her to not worry and um, helping her to see things that she could be grateful for in this period of her life and so there was a lot of emotional boosting that went on um, on my part and i believe it helped her but it was also exhausting for me so you know that is part of it and then the other thing is just sometimes you run into a situation especially if it's a family member um, and specifically a parent where they still view you as a child. And so uh, you know what needs to happen, you know what's best, but they're often resentful or feel that you still are not old enough to know what you're doing because they still view you as as their child.
0: Is there a specific way to be able to counteract and fight that resentment in your own heart? That's a good question. I prayed a lot. I was often frustrated
1: and even angry, and I think that's something we need to talk about because you do experience anger, especially if a parent is resistant, and I don't think that God frowns on that. I think he understands what we're going through, and it's a natural emotion to have when a parent still doesn't view you as an adult, Um, and so there is anger and there is frustration. One thing I learned with my mother was that I was impatient with her. That was something I really needed to work on. Later, when I was caring for her younger sister, and that caregiving role ended the middle of last year, but I was, again, impatient. And I know there was one day she had complained and complained, and I just lashed out at her. You know, I just said, you've got to stop complaining. So, you know, it's something that requires patience, And we really have to pray about that. We have to ask God to give us what we need and help us, our emotions, to remain level. And, you know, sometimes they don't. Just honestly, sometimes anger and frustration takes over.
0: We talk here a lot about how God is asking us to reveal Him to others. But it sounds to me, Candy, that at the beginning, at the deepest level of this, God is revealing Himself to us, too. So you just said, one thing I learned was that I needed to get hold of my patience. Were there other things that God taught you? How did He reveal Himself to you through this very long, caring journey? I learned
1: that, especially with my mother, she wanted my time. And that was true with my aunt, too. And sometimes that's hard um, to give the amount of time that they really would like for you to. Sometimes it's just not possible. But often they're lonely and what they want more than anything is your presence and your conversation. And so I had to make uh, an intentional effort to do that. And I can specifically remember a couple of times when I was I I did not give that to my mother, and I regret it. One day I went by, and she was at the kitchen table looking at a box of old pictures she'd found. And she wanted me to sit down with her and look through all those pictures. And I think I had to pick up a child from school, and I couldn't stay there long enough to do. But I did look at some, some of these pictures with her. But later, God really impressed on me that I needed to spend that time with her. And and for some reason, she started naming all the things that were on the bookshelves in the room that we were in and telling me they were wedding gifts. And she knew every gift and who it was from. You know, there was something about doing that that was important to her. And so, you know, personally, I didn't really care who gave them to her and didn't know a lot of the people that she named, but it was important to her. And so I sat there and listened and, you know, I'd occasionally ask a question, but it was an opportunity for her to go down memory lane and remember a pleasant time in her life. Um, my parents loved each other very much. Their love was obvious. And she missed my father, and she lived almost 30 years beyond his death. And so, you know, it was something that, that reminded her of him and of that time in their life that was so precious. And so for her, that was a good day. And I'm glad that I realized that and was able to, to give her that time and that opportunity.
0: That's such a beautiful picture of how God sits and listens to us, too. I'm sure some of the things that I say to him are just minor, but they're important to me, and he sits and listens. That's something that we can all do with everybody who we meet today, that we can give them our presence, that we can give them our full attention as we have conversations together. So we're talking about the pain that caregivers experience. Are there places or groups or people you can go to to overcome these hardships, or are you truly all on your own?
1: You know, I'm not familiar with specific groups. Um, I have a group of friends through a supper club that we have been in for almost our whole marriage. And so those girls, you know, we support each other. And especially there's another girl whose parents are still alive, but she's dealing with uh, trying to care give for them remotely because they're in North Carolina. So we often talk about, um, you know, the, the challenges And I think that's one thing that once you've served as a caregiver, you know, there's a tendency to just say, okay, let's close the door on that segment of life. But you can encourage others. I have a cousin who is caregiving for her mother-in-law, and uh, my cousin's husband died several years ago. And so this is not even her mother, it's her mother-in-law. But often she will text or call and just express the frustration And I've seen that it's just important to let her talk and um, to remind her that this is a season and seasons change and uh, to encourage her and say, I understand, but mainly to let her talk, just to let her express her frustration. And I don't want it to sound like that there's, there's only difficulty and frustration in caregiving because there's not. You will be blessed um, if you allow that to happen, if you look for the blessing, and if you realize that you are serving as a minister, that you are honoring God, you are honoring the person that you are caring for, and that God can bless you through this time in your life.
0: You're listening to God in the Ordinary with me, Sharon Tedford, and my guest, Candy Arrington. So yes, Candy, we've talked about some of the difficulties of being a caregiver, but I know that you have seen that there are also benefits to seniority, to being a senior, to loving a senior. Can you share some of those benefits with us? Because I know that you see them Well, you know, many times we
1: see uh, seniors and we think because they have some physical infirmity that their mind is not there too, but that's not the case. They have a wealth of wisdom that has been accumulated over the years. And so, you know, they have gone through similar challenges to what we have over the years. And, you know, if you're willing to spend time and listen, there's so much wisdom there. And, you know, it's just important to realize that wealth of wisdom is available to us and that just because they're older and perhaps physically challenged, that doesn't mean that they are not wise. And then realize that they've weathered seasons of hardship. Both of my parents grew up in the Great Depression here in the United States, and many people don't realize what a difficult time that was, but people literally starved during that time. Uh, They'd lost their money, their homes, many of them, and um, so it was a time when there was great need, and they really, you know, struggled to survive, and I don't think people realize that. Uh, They also were involved in, in World War II. My father was um, interned in Switzerland, and that doesn't sound like a difficult thing until you know that the Germans were controlling the Swiss at the time. So he was in captivity, uh, even though it was not a German prisoner of war camp, and um, I saw a cousin of mine recently who told me uh, something about my father that I'd really never known, is that he had a hard time assimilating back into uh, normal life after years uh, in captivity. And so, you know, I think we don't realize sometimes that seniors have gone through hardship. They have weathered difficult situations, illness and job loss, the depression, maybe even addiction or some kind of ongoing conflict. But you can see that, you know, God has been faithful during that time. And I think that's a great reminder to us to know that as we age, God's faithfulness doesn't change. And no matter what we're going through, he is gonna be faithful if we trust him. You know, that's another, another thing that, that seniors have dealt with. And then, you know, we can look back and take an inventory of blessings. My family's at the top of the list because I'm blessed to have generations of Christ followers in my family. And I'm so thankful for that, especially when I hear the testimony of people who grew up in a a home where that was not the case. And so I'm thankful for parents and grandparents and great-grandparents who believed and who lived according to Christian principles. So take an inventory of, of blessings because life is, even though it's laced with pain and hardship, we have so much for which to be thankful. And then the ability to recognize and appreciate the joys of today. I can remember a time in my life when I was constantly looking ahead to the next acquisition or event or feeling that I needed to reach a certain point and things would be better or happier or provide more fulfillment. But I think if we can realize that there's joy in today, and just be thankful for small things. I'm thankful anytime I can see my grandchildren. I'm I'm thankful anytime I see my own children, and uh, just for small things, just a meal shared with my husband. And so, you know, look at today and find joy in it. And then I think as we are older, um, we can see that there's freedom to be who you are. God created each of us uniquely. We have gifts and talents that were given specifically to us, and uh, every hoop out there isn't worth the jumping. God created you to be who he wanted you to be. And so when you realize this, you simplify your life and, and it provides peace. So those are just a few things about the benefits of seniority.
0: That's really helpful. There's a whole list of things there that we can actually practically use. I love your idea of taking inventory of the gratitude that you can see back through your family. And even if that is only this generation or yesterday, there's always going to be something that we can say thank you to God for. So Candy, if someone's listening today and they're just stepping into caring for an aging parent, that must feel like a very difficult, overwhelming season. You've been there. You know how that feels. Do you have any advice for them?
1: Well, you may feel like you don't have time to read, but there are books that are available that will help walk you through some very practical steps that are helpful. So, you know, I would suggest that. I would also suggest that if you know someone who has served in a caregiving role, that you talk to them and just see if they can provide you with anything that would help you in this task. And then pray, because God will be faithful to help you and to bring things to mind and help you level your emotions and um, you know bring you peace and you will need peace during this journey
0: now candy as i was growing up my grandma used to live with us and towards the end of her life she really suffered from dementia and alzheimer's and the only way that she would remember who i was was if I sang with her and I would go and visit her and we would sing through some of the psalms and the prayers that she had used during her time in an Anglican church through her growing up years. I know that you love music. Have you seen the power of music in that situation?
1: Yes, I especially saw that with my aunt while I was caring for her because we had sung in the choir together. Um, My mother's side of the family was very musical. My grandmother taught piano, she taught voice. And my uncle on that side was a minister of music. Both of Mama's sisters sang in the choir, and we were in the choir at the same time for, for a period. And so often with my aunt, we would sing. She would just break out into song, and I would join her. Or we would talk about the words of hymns. And I found in cleaning out her house over the last several months, where she had just written the verses of hymns in her prayer journals and i know that was a comfort to her even in her last weeks that she was coherent she would just sing just break out in song and often at that point she was in a care facility and her roommate would join in and so they would just have a little song fest in their room so i think there's great power in music there's comfort one of the former ministers at our church his mother is suffering with dementia, and he goes several times a week to her care facility and sings with her, and he said she never forgets the words. Even though she might not know who he is that day, she knows the words to those hymns. So, you know, that's ingrained in their minds um, for many years of repetition, and I think God is gracious to let those verses and those songs still stay in their heads.
0: Yes. And what a privilege for us to be able to bring it back to mind. And if you're listening to this and you do care for somebody who's older, but you think, I can't sing, there is that lovely gift of YouTube. So you can find old hymns on YouTube and sing along with them if you feel not ready to do that. Candy, as we go about our day to day, many of us may not be caring for older people, but we will all at some point, most likely bump into somebody who is a senior. What tips do you have for us to be able to reveal God to people who we don't know very well, but are older than us how do we reveal God to others of different generations?
1: Again a good question. I believe you know that we can connect with people of any age Um, and so I guess I have a special affinity for seniors when I was younger before I married I worked for one of our associate ministers at the church. One of his main jobs was ministry to seniors. And so I learned in those couple of years that I worked for him that you know seniors can be humorous, they can be lots of fun. I went on trips with them, and it was just you know it was a great time to just connect with some of those people and i I stayed connected with them even after I married and had children and and they just were so dear. There were several older folks in the choir that I was very close to, and um They have much to give us, and we have much to give them. And I think just because someone is older doesn't mean they've stopped living. They are very much part of life. I remember my mom saying as she got older that she didn't feel old and she lived to be 90. She said, uh, I'm 90, but I feel 20 inside. And so <laughs> I think, you know, if we can realize that, that just because they're older doesn't mean that they don't still have a sense of humor and they don't still have a lot to give It's not that they stop caring or loving because they do. They love and care very much. And um, it's a privilege to have a senior friend. One of my aunt's best friends, we just saw how much she loved and cared. And um, we've continued to stay in touch with her and to help her because she's grieving too. And so, you know, God will provide a way for you to connect with seniors if you're willing. He will provide that inroad, that one little comment that they pick up on and take off with, you know, and you may find that some of your best
0: friends are seniors. Hmm. I hope that that is speaking to somebody today, that it's a privilege to have a senior friend. It just makes me think back to what you said in your reflection in that lovely translation of the Bible where it said, we are the ones specially chosen by God. And if you are having that little prick in your conscience today that, oh, maybe God has specially chosen me to make friends with somebody senior, then go ahead, just be brave, step out and do it. I encourage you to do that. So before we go, Candy, we haven't mentioned that you are actually a prolific multi-award winning author. That is a big part of your life, an author and a speaker. Could you just tell us about your latest book and about your ministry, please?
1: Well, when I began writing, I, I was writing articles, and this has been about 23 years ago. But just within the first year or so that I began writing, God gave me the opportunity to co-author a book called Aftershock, Help, Hope, and Healing in the Wake of Suicide. And that is a topic that I probably never would have chosen to write on. But God provided the opportunity, and that book stayed in print for 13 years. Um, I remember my editor saying when we signed the contract that um, he said, unfortunately, this book will have a long shelf life. And what he meant by that was that suicide is going to continue to happen, and people are going to continue to need the book. And so that book is out of print now but it's available in ebook form so you know unfortunately we all encounter people who are struggling with a suicide death somewhere in their history and This is something that is helpful to them because people tend to not talk about this subject. They don't know what they believe about it. They're unsure about the person's eternity for various reasons, and so they just avoid it. And it's very hard for people who are grieving a suicide loss because people avoid talking about it. And then um, the other book, uh, second book, was When Your Aging Parent Needs Care. And that happened while I was caring for my mother. I co authored with another woman who was caring for her mother, and um, also out of print but available in ebook form. And then my latest book is Life on Pause Learning to Wait Well, and it speaks to those times in our life when God sidetracks us and puts us on hold. And we don't understand, but we have to trust that his plan for us involves that waiting period, even though we don't like it. Um, there are v- many examples in Scripture of people who ran ahead of God and uh, made something happen and then later suffered for it. And so this book encourages us to be patient
0: in the waiting. Life on pause. Not just patient, but patient in the waiting. And not just waiting, but patient in the waiting. There is a challenge right there. So how can we find you, Candy? If people want to get in touch with you, if they want to read your blog, where can we find you? CandyArrington.com. And if you want to go
1: straight to the blog, it's CandyArrington.com slash blog. You post up about walls, uh, walls that we create in our lives, and do some of them need to be
0: torn down? Well, that's a good question. (laughs) Well, Candy, we've really loved having you here today. I'm going to put in the show notes some places that you can go to for help if you are a caregiver, both in America and in England, some organizations, some Facebook pages. But as Candy said, really, see if you can find people who you know in your life or email Candy. She'll chat with you. Candy, thank you so much for joining us here on God in the Ordinary today. We've loved having you. Oh, I've loved being with you. Thanks so much. You've been listening to God in the Ordinary with me, Sharon Tedford, and my guest, author, speaker, and caregiver, Candy Arrington. Visit her website, candyarrington.com to find out more information and access her encouraging blog. The producer is Gary Dell, and this is a Wise Word Radio 61 Things co-production. Go to 61-things.com to tell us how you reveal God in the Ordinary.